Hello everybody, welcome back to Firewalls Don't Stop Dragons. I'm your host, as always, Carrie Parker, and we've got a really important show for you today. Um, Sunday, January 28th, is Data Privacy Day. And, I don't know, lately I guess I've been on a real privacy kick and it's just been driving me crazy and it's a great time to talk about data privacy and all the ways that we're giving it up and things we can we can do to try to claw that information back and take control. So today we are going to talk all about data and privacy and how it's just gotten so out of hand and what you can do about it. So Data Privacy Day originated in Europe. Um, as all these things appear to be doing lately, I've got to say, you know, my hats are off to the EU, uh, certainly at least in this regard, uh, because the United States has just taken a total backseat on privacy. And it's just, it's just sad. And it's, it's, it's going to really bite us in the butt, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it already is, um, but it's just going to get worse. Um, so anyway, back in 2007, uh, Europe instituted uh, this thing called Data Protection Day. Uh, and a couple years later, that was adopted in the U.S., you know, in some totally informal way by the Congress recognizing January 28th is what we call data privacy day. Of course, we had to change the name. So, you know, now some places are actually combining the two and calling it data privacy and protection day, whatever. It's the same kind of idea, but it originated in Europe. Uh, and we have observed it here in, in a very lightweight way, at least in terms of our government and, uh, and regulations. Um, as a matter of fact, honestly, we have been destroying data privacy in this country, particularly in the last year or so, as we've rolled back so many different regulations that were painstakingly put in place to try to start to stem the tide of all this information leakage and all of this data gathering and sharing going on by advertisers and corporations and governments and Oh, guys, it's just gotten out of control. So you're sorry to get up on my soapbox, but this is a really important stuff. And it, it's really long since time that we as a nation, as a people, as a society, stand up and say too much, enough. Give me control of my data. So we're going to talk about that today. I'm going to give you a little bit of background, and then we're going to dive into a, just a long list of tips. All these things are probably things I've talked about before, but we're going to consolidate them all into a nice... Uh, one nice podcast that just goes through and runs the gamut and the whole litany of things that we should all be doing uh, to protect our privacy. So in the United States, the, our government is really not, well, they're not doing anything really to protect our data, to be honest. In fact, they're, like I said, that they're making it worse. The, uh, the net neutrality stuff and the, you know, last year when they rolled back the regulations that prevented your internet service providers from collecting and selling data about you. Um, the corporations, and I'm not going to pick on Republicans here because honestly, Democrats are doing it too. Um, it's a, it's something that is pervasive in this country and the corporations and let's face it, some of the, you know, intelligence agencies and law, law enforcement agencies have been clamoring for all this data that's being collected. And it's, 
you know, it, it's originally being collected because nobody wants to pay for anything on the web. Everyone expects things to be free. And so the way that things on the web get paid for is through advertising. And even advertising itself is not a bad thing. Um, but we've gone from passive advertising, you know, where you're looking at ads to active advertising, where the ads are looking back at you. Um, yeah, they're, they're watching what we do. They're tracking our progress. They're looking at what we do and how we act and where we go and how much time we spend on websites and what we buy and what we don't buy. Um, and trading and sharing all that information amongst themselves to try to give us better advertising and more targeted ads, which they can charge for, uh, charge more for, which is, um, it makes it more lucrative for them to, um, it makes it more lucrative for them to have that, uh, that fine grained, highly detailed data. But now that all that data is out there, there's all sorts of other people using and abusing that data as well. Uh, you know, once that data mine is there, it's just ripe for picking from other people, either to be sold or to be stolen. And we've got to start taking that seriously. And we've got to start pulling back everywhere we can on this, uh, on this data sharing. Uh, it's just gotten way too out of hand. So anyway, so unfortunately the U S government is not doing it. So the EU, uh, thankfully is stepping up to the challenge and they are doing things that we should be doing. We should be leading the charge in this area, but we're not, we are way behind and we're getting worse. Um, so to that end, uh, beyond data privacy day, one of the really big things uh, on the horizon is this thing called the GDPR or the general data protection regulation, which is an EU law or or regulation going into effect in May of 2018 that has some really stringent controls on what data can be collected, how you have to consent to that data being collected in the first place, uh, who it's allowed to be shared with, uh, the consumer can actually have some visibility into what has been collected. They can actually ask for that data to be deleted and it must be. Um, it's what they call the right to be forgotten. Uh, and this is a really, really big deal. And it's finally putting the control of data back into the people who own that should be owning the data. You'd think you would own your own data. You do not. Certainly not in the United States. You don't. Um, and it's a major step in the right direction. I know that it's, it's going to cause a lot of, grief for companies and it's going to be hard uh, because they've gotten so used to being able to freely collect and exchange this data it's going to be hard to put that horse back in the barn to put the cat back in the bag uh the genie back in the bottle it's not going to be easy um but they're you know the, the european union is putting consumers first um because you know we have uh, and some expectation and a certain right to privacy uh, and they have recognized this and they have put in some enforcement with real teeth. The, the maximum penalty for this is not some piddly little fine. It's based on your income. So the, the maximum fine is up to 4% of your annual revenue. And if you're talking like Facebook, for example, that could be over a billion dollars in fine, uh, if they screw this up. So GDPR is something that they passed a couple of years ago. 
and will be going to affect this year. And so you're starting to see this in the news a little bit, but you're also going to be start, starting to see, because these companies like Facebook and Microsoft and, and, and Google are global companies, they do a lot of work in Europe, so they have to comply. So it's actually going to be more difficult for them to, in some cases, implement changes only for Europe. Uh, so we as Americans um, are actually going to get some benefit from this, a byproduct of this GDPR, even though it's only enforced in the EU, is that a lot of these global companies that operate both in Europe and the U.S. and the rest of the world, I don't mean to be U.S.-centric here, um, will benefit from this because the, 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 the different controls and mechanisms and tools that, that these global companies are going to have to put into place in order to comply with these data regulations in Europe will actually benefit the rest of us as well, to some degree. Uh, Facebook has already announced that they're going to be putting in some uh, even more privacy protections and giving users a lot more visibility and control over what is shared. Same thing from Microsoft, and uh, Microsoft has announced another big update for Windows 10 that will be coming later, I think, in the spring uh, that will also be dialing well, but it'll automatically dial back some of the some of the privacy things, but it will at least give the users much more control and visibility over what is being shared and how it's being shared, and give them the opportunity to say no, to opt out. Um, of course, you know the way a lot of these things work is you are opted in by default, and you probably got some email about a change in privacy policy or terms of service uh, that nobody reads, and. You know, somewhere buried in there was language, probably very vague, even if you read it carefully and slowly and closely, if you were not a lawyer, and maybe probably even if you were, reading this data, it would not probably be obvious that you are losing privacy rights. Uh, and yet that's what many of these uh, updates have been doing over years. These companies just keep slowly, slowly eroding the privacy because the more they know about you and the more they can share about you, the more money they can make at your expense. So as we like to say on this show, if the product is free, then you are probably the product. So privacy. I know a lot of people say it doesn't really matter, that they have nothing to hide. You know, I don't care. Yeah, I'll, I'll take free Google products because I, you know, let them read my emails. Let them look at my calendar. I don't care. Let them let them know what I search for. But I, I don't think people yet understand the true implications of, of all the information they're getting giving away. And when you combine that data uh, across time, across websites, across services, it is amazing how much information you can find out about people. So Snowden put it this way, and I, I've said it many times, so forgive me for repeating myself a little bit, but his, his, his quote on this is, arguing that you don't care about privacy because you have nothing to hide is like arguing that you don't care about free speech because you have nothing to say. I think that's really well put. And, uh, you know, it's it's not just about you. It's about everybody. It's about society. It's this is it, it, democracies require humanity requires some degree of privacy. Um, I know I've also talked about this before, too, but uh, and we'll talk about it again at the end. But uh, Glenn Greenwald does a really good job of explaining this in his TED talk on privacy. Uh, but I'll save I'll save that as part of my recommendations for the end. I've got lots of great recommendations for you at the end. And what I what I want to do before I lose you <laughs> with all this soapboxing is I want to challenge you. Data Privacy Day is Sunday. If uh, if if nothing else, take this one opportunity 
to educate yourself and get up to speed on what is really going on and and learn about how privacy really matters and how how it's really under assault um, and what it means for not just for you, but what it means for society. It's it's I know that sounds maybe hyperbolic, um, but it really is that important. And so, you know, I challenge you, I ask you, I beg you um, for Data Privacy Day. Get out there and follow some of these recommendations that I'm going to give you for sure. But um, more to the point, get educated. Make sure that you understand what's really going on and what's really at stake. And then tell other people. Spread the word. Uh, make sure that, that your friends and family are aware of this stuff. Get them up to speed. Have some friendly debates on this stuff. Talk about it. Um, and then, you know, if if I can... If this manages to change your mind, if this gets you upset and you want to get mad as hell and not take it anymore, uh, start pushing back. Uh, and, the you know, you could do a lot of things personally. Um, but at the end of the day, we've got to get our representatives to represent us and our needs, not corporate, not corporate needs, um, not even needs of the government for their own personal uses. The government is there for us. They work for us. They are supposed to represent us. And uh, they're there to protect the Constitution. Um, and we need privacy. And it's we need our representatives to acknowledge that and fight for that on our behalf. Okay, so let's stop being so philosophical and get a little more practical. Um, I'm going to spend the rest of the time today talking about specific things that you can do to protect your privacy. And like I said, one of the first things that we have to do is get educated. There's And, and I think that these almost need to come first because you need to believe that this is important uh, before you go and do all these other things or you're just going to do a half-hearted job with it. And and so let me let me give you some suggestions. Now, different people like to learn different ways and you have different amounts of time in your hands in order to get educated. Uh, so I'm going to give you a few different examples here. You don't have to do them all. Uh, but, you know, whatever these, whatever the, whichever these things sounds good to you that you know, draws you in, that, that fits your personal uh, lifestyle and learning needs, Pick at least one of these and and and, and go do them. So, first of all, uh, uh, go check out Glenn Greenwald's Privacy TED Talk. Uh, you can get to this on YouTube. Um, just search for Glenn Greenwald Privacy TED Talk. Uh, it'll jump you right to it. It's about I think twenty minutes long, so it's not it's not a huge time commitment. Um, that's a great start. Uh, it's probably the shortest of my recommendations. Uh, if you really are just short on time, so if if you think that you you know. If, I'm, if you're not terribly convinced or if you think you don't have much time, start there. Uh, then, if you want to kick it up a notch, um, there's a great documentary called Terms and Conditions May Apply. Uh, that's, a, that's a really good documentary that talks about how Google and Facebook and all these guys get you to sign these terms of service that really allow them to pick apart all your data and sell it and chop, you know, slice and dice it and so many different ways that you're not aware of. Uh, so that, that's a great documentary to watch. Uh, Terms and conditions may apply. I think it's either on Netflix or Amazon for free for streaming. Look into that. Um, it's it's a really good one. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you have a little more time, or if you prefer to read instead of watch, uh, then read the book Data and Goliath uh, by Bruce Schneier. Bruce Schneier is a security guy from way back. He is one of the gurus of uh, encryption and um, all that kind of stuff. And in, in the more recent years, he's gotten much more into public policy um, and, and books geared toward the everyman. And uh, this particular book 
um, I think is, is is a great place to start. He's got lots of great books, but certainly when you come to privacy, um, Data and Goliath is, is, does a great job of walking us through exactly what's going on and exactly why it's important and how it creates this power imbalance um, between law enforcement and corporations and you. Uh, it, and it's, it's very eye-opening. So uh, if you've got the time, uh, or if you start with these other ones and start getting worked up and want to learn more, uh, then check out the book Data and Goliath by Bruce Schneier. Now, there's uh, also some great online guides you can look at. Of course, I've got some things on my website and resources on my website that I will point you to. Uh, I'm also going to be doing a blog uh, a blog entry in honor of Data Privacy Day. With it, I'll have a lot of the same information then, so you can check out that on my website, firewallsdon'tstopdragons.com. Um, and I'll be referring to that as well into the newsletter. So you'll get that same information in my tip of the week this week. So lots of different ways to get it from me. Um, but there are some other great online guides. Uh, Stay Safe Online, which is the national from the National Cybersecurity Alliance. We've talked to Michael Kaiser on this show a couple times before. He's the executive director there. Um, uh, great guy, great website. And they've got some really good information there with their Stop, Think, Connect campaign. Uh, and they've got some specific stuff there for data privacy. Uh, I've also just did a great interview, which you'll be hearing in the next week or two, with Daniel um, Daniel Davis from DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo uh, started out as a privacy-oriented search engine, as a you know, uh, obviously drawing stark contrast to Google. Um, uh, but they are now branching out into other privacy areas as well. They've got some really cool. They've got a great uh, app for your phone, uh, plugins for your web browser, and and all sorts of great tutorials uh, on their website. So you can go to uh, their website as well to check that out. If you just, um, in addition to the stuff I'm going to give you, if you want to get more info or maybe um, get links to some other cool stuff, uh, you can check that out as well. And of course, no firewalls don't stop dragons podcast. We would be complete without the tip of the week. And I've got multiple, multiple tips for you this week. Uh, we're going to just go through a long list of things that you can and should be doing to protect your privacy. So let's start with some basic stuff. First of all, as I've said on the show before, you've got to realize that Google is an advertising company. 90% of their revenue comes from advertising. So they've got some great free services. I admit I use them, uh, but I need to get off them and so do you. <laughs> um, at least until they decide that they're going to protect our privacy. So Google is all about knowing everything about you. They're really good at security. Uh, they were doing some great security work, but when it comes to privacy, there's just a complete conflict of interest. They want to know everything about you. And of course, they will claim that they keep that information safe and that they only share it anonymously. But it's, uh, I'm sorry, it's just a conflict of interest because everything is free. You know, they they don't do it out of the goodness of their heart. They're doing it to make money on advertising. And to do that, they need to collect tons and tons of information about you. And they do it everywhere they can. Think of all the different Google services you, you can be using. Uh, Google Email, Google Calendar, Google Docs, uh, Google Search. They are all over the place and we use them every single day. Um, and between all of these tools and more, these guys just collect gobs and gobs of information about each and every one of us. And for that reason, I have to recommend that you use Firefox as your web browser, not Chrome. Google makes Chrome. So potentially... Everything that you do in a Chrome browser, even if it's not a Google service, they can know about. They can know about your entire web surfing experience, everything you've ever done, uh, because you're using a Chrome browser. Now, the Chrome browser is secure, but it's just not private. And it's just way too creepy for me. It's just I can't, I can't do it. 
the only time I use the Chrome browser is when I find a website that absolutely does not work unless uh, I have the Adobe Flash Player enabled. And Adobe Flash, as we've said many times on this program, is horribly uh, riddled with security bugs, and it needs to just die. But it hasn't yet. There's still a lot of websites that rely on it. So if I ever do find a website that just will not function without uh, Adobe Flash, then I pull out Chrome because Chrome has Adobe Flash built in. And uh, Google, again, this is a security thing, not a privacy thing. Google realizes how bad Flash is so that they embed it in Chrome and they make sure that it's kept up to date and all the latest security patches. So if I ever need to use Flash, uh, that is the one and only time when I will pull out the Chrome browser. Otherwise, I use Firefox. Now, Safari, uh, if you happen to be a Mac person and all your computers are Macs, or you only have one computer and it's a Mac, Safari is great too uh, from a privacy perspective. And um, you could consider using Safari. If you like Safari, that's fine. Uh, But I would give Firefox a a serious look. Um, They are almost trying to be the anti-Google when it comes to privacy. They're they're, they're really starting to kick it up. and again, while Chrome is good at security, um, and Firefox is good with security as well, uh, I would, when it comes to privacy, you just cannot go with Chrome. So, big number one: if you haven't done it already, go download the Firefox web browser. It's fast, it's modern, it's uh, it's easy to use, and uh, it's got you know some great built-in features. That Firefox has just started a brand new tracking protection feature that you can turn on all the time. You just go to Preferences under Security and Privacy. And find tracking protection. You can enable that all the time uh, to, to to protect your web browsing experience. They've also got an incognito mode that you can use. Uh, now, be aware that that incognito mode has nothing to do with your privacy outside your house. <laughs> all it does is is erase your footsteps on your local computer. So, for all they're really doing is preventing somebody getting on your computer and finding out what you just did on the web. Uh, it doesn't protect you outside your house. So, know that. But the privacy protection stuff is trying to prevent all these little widgets and images and uh, JavaScript pieces on your web browser from from uh, tracking privacy information on you. Uh, you can also install a couple really great plugins. I would suggest Privacy Badger from the Electronic Frontier Foundation, uh, similar to the, uh, the tracking protection probably built into Firefox, but there's, they don't conflict. You can put both of them in there. Uh, no reason not to have them both. I would uh, Privacy Badger is great as well. And EFF is doing some wonderful work, and they are all about protecting your privacy. So uh, I would not hesitate to put that one in. And the other one from EFF that you should also install is called HTTPS Everywhere. Um, and that is a browsing extension that will force websites to use encrypted communications whenever possible. For some reason, some websites support both encrypted and unencrypted, and they will default to unencrypted. Uh, we want encryption everywhere. So that S in HTTPS is for secure. We want HTTPS everywhere. Uh, if you put that browser plug in, it will make sure that whenever possible, uh, when you're connecting to a website that supports encryption, that you use encryption. Okay, and when we're talking about uh, Google, uh, search obviously is where they got their name to begin with, and they are keeping track of everything you're searching for. Uh, think about some of the things you might search for that you might not want people to know about. They know about it. Google knows everything. <laughs> uh, so uh, DuckDuckGo uh, is a search engine that popped up in response to that. And, and their whole thing is privacy. 
Now, they do have advertising, but it's passive advertising. If you search for cars, they're going to show you, you know, advertisements for cars. It's directly based on what you just searched for, um, but it's not tracking you. Uh, ever had that creepy thing where you go search on cars on, on Google and then you go to some completely different website and the advertisements on that website are for cars? That was not a coincidence. Um, so, you know, DuckDuckGo has, a, has its own search engine. It's, you know, I... I will freely admit that Google's search engine is really good uh, and it's hard to beat, but DuckDuckGo is, is, is very good as well. Um, and if, if you care about privacy, then you should be using uh, their, their search engine as much as possible. But last week, uh, DuckDuckGo also released some really cool new tools. Um, I'm not going to get into them too much because I want to save that, uh, that thunder for my interview with Daniel Davis from DuckDuckGo, which is going to be coming out in a week or two. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we talk about privacy and stuff in general, some more, so that's good. Uh, and we also specifically talk about some of the great things that DuckDuckGo has been doing. So tune in for that. That'll be coming up soon. It's a really fun interview. Now we can't talk about privacy and not talk about social media. Uh, social media is probably the greatest Trojan horse I've ever seen. These guys get you people to share gladly unbelievable amounts of personal information. I I am still flabbergasted at the amount of information that people share on Facebook on a daily, hourly basis. Um, And of course, Pinterest and LinkedIn and Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, they're all bad. Everybody's got their own addiction. Everybody's got the service they like. But people just put all sorts of stuff on those things. And so anyway, do a privacy review of every single social media account you have. Some of them actually have a tool like Google does. Um, they have a privacy checkup that you can do with Google. But Facebook does too. Um, they, they probably all have this to some degree. If you just search on, you know, let's say Pinterest and privacy check. If, the, if Pinterest itself doesn't have one, I'm sure that somebody else has written an article on it. Uh, and it will tell you to how to go through all your various settings and turn things down, crank crank your privacy up and turn down what you're giving away and what you're letting them share about you. Because, again, these things are free for a reason. They're not they certainly to cost a lot of money for them to do. They've got people on staff. You know, I don't know how many, you know, thousands of people Facebook employs, um, but they're not cheap. And so Facebook's not free. You're paying for it with your privacy. And advertising, and they kind of go hand in hand. So, you know, go into each of these accounts, each of your social media accounts, find the privacy and security tab, and educate yourself about what the options are there, and crank those things down till they hurt. Just back those things way up, because by default, I'm sure they are wide open. Um, so, if you have not done that yet, do that, and do it periodically, because they change those settings a lot. And usually, when they change those settings, they default to more public, less private. So Facebook was notorious for that uh, and got in trouble more than once by doing that. So look through those accounts, look at the privacy settings, dial them back as far as you can. And then if you've gone too far, you can always change them, change them back a little bit. Um, but it, you'll, I think you'll be surprised at the sheer amount of things that are in there. Now, of course, they're not going to make it easy and they're not going to make it clear. So a lot of these things will say, you know, click this button to let us give you better ads. Well, what that means is that they're tracking you and they're watching everything you do so that they can give you advertisements based on what they've seen you do in the past. So they're going to put this in the best possible light um, to make you want to turn these things on. But 
just realize that a lot of what you're doing is you're giving up privacy for these things. So crank those things back. If you can, find an independent third-party review of those uh, settings, a privacy check from from somebody besides uh, your social media service provider um, and f- so that you know what those things really are doing and uh, get a more unbiased uh, definition of what some of those toggles and switches and knobs actually do for your privacy. Now, DuckDuckGo actually has a blog called Spread Privacy. Uh, and if you go to Spread privacy.com uh, they've got a whole article there actually about how to remove Google from your life how to live without Google um, and it can be done uh, all these services that Google ads for free somebody else out there offers them as well and they may cost money but they're much more likely to protect your privacy than Google uh, so you might want to give that one a shot uh, again I'll put links to all these things in the show notes what I'll probably do is give you a link to uh, my blog article on this which will contain all of these things uh, so check that out. Um, there's another really great tool site. Again, all these uh, I'll have links to all these things um, uh, for you off the show notes, but it's privacytools.io. Um, that, if you really want to kick up a notch and put the tinfoil hat on, uh, this this site walks you through all the tools that you use, um, email, web browser, plugins, VPNs, um, all, all of these sorts of tools, and it, it helps you pick out the ones that, are, are best for protecting your privacy. It's amazing how many things this person's put together on that website. It's a wonderful resource. So again, check out privacytools.io as well. We can't talk about privacy and not talk about VPNs or virtual private networks. Uh, again, a virtual private network basically it encrypts your communication from your computer to the VPN provider. Um, okay, that sounded like a lot of technical stuff, but when you are talking to a website over HTTPS, what that means is that all the communications between your computer and that website, let's say it's Amazon.com or BankofAmerica.com or uh, Google.com, uh, it says that whatever information you are sending and receiving with that website are encrypted, which means that you know because all your traffic on the Internet bounces around all over the place before it finally hits its other destination, uh, anybody along the way, any of these computers and routers and things and service things like your internet service provider, Comcast or Verizon or AT&T or Charter or whatever, Spectrum, any of these guys uh, along the way that are routing your traffic can see what you're doing. Uh, and they, because of the laws of the United States, they are perfectly, it's perfectly legal for them to keep track of all that and make a profile on everything you do. So anyway, when you've got an HTTPS connection, at least everything between you and that one site is encrypted and they can't see what's going on. Now they know that you're talking to that site. They know what site you're talking to. They just don't know what you're saying. Um, but when you use a VPN, everything you do on the internet is encrypted. So they can't see anything you do. Even if the website you're talking to is not HTTPS, um, your all of your encryption is bundled together in this pipe, this tunnel uh, that they cannot see into. Uh, now, of course, what that really means is you're trading one thing for another. So uh, your your traffic is encrypted between your computer and the VPN service provider, and then it goes out into the broader internet, and then it's just like uh, just like any other time you've gone on the internet. So what you're really doing is bypassing your internet service provider. So you're kind of trading trust into to, you're you're trusting your VPN provider because you don't trust your ISP. Um, and honestly, that's probably a good trade-off to make in most cases. Now, if you're in public hotspots or whatever with your laptop or your phone, you should always be using a VPN at that point. Um, but even at home, uh, even when you're just using your computer at home, 
or are on a trusted Wi-Fi hotspot, maybe you're at a friend's house, um, you really should be uh, thinking about using a VPN anyway. Unfortunately, it's just gotten to that point because VPNs at least are there. It's it's, private is right in the name, virtual private network. They are trying to protect your privacy. Uh, Your internet service providers, uh, your Wi-Fi providers, your cellular service providers, those guys are definitely not trying to protect your privacy. So anyway, strongly consider getting yourself a VPN service uh, and using that as much as you can stand. A couple more quick tips for your computers. Uh, Encrypt everything. Encrypt your hard drive. Encrypt your backups. Uh, These are usually simple switches that you can turn on. Um, If you're using an iPhone, it's there by default. If you've set a PIN or a password on your phone, which I recommend you do. Uh, If if you're on a Mac or Windows, you may have to enable these things in your system, uh, in your operating system preferences somewhere. Uh, It's easy to do. It has really no effect on anything you're doing. Once you turn these things on, you don't even notice it. But it means that uh, if for some reason someone were to, were to get a hold of your hard drive or your, your laptop or, or your computer, uh, they would not be able to see any of the data that's on there. Uh, and that's a good thing. So uh, back up your hard drives. If, you, if you're doing backups for your phone or your, hard, or your computers, make sure you encrypt those as well. Um, and, of course, we should all be backing up. So encrypt everything. Just whenever you have the opportunity, encrypt it. One last thing I will mention um, uh, in terms of privacy and security, um, remove any old applications that you're not using anymore. Uh, any old plugins or applications, this could be your computer or your mobile device. If you're not using them, just get rid of them. They may have been free and you just grabbed them for the heck of it and tried it out and you don't use it, get rid of it. Um, every one of those extra things that you've got in your device is just one more thing that might be poking its nose where it shouldn't be, uh, or might have vulnerabilities that are not fixed that would, uh, make you vulnerable to some sort of an attack. So, Clean things up, do some spring cleaning, take out any, any of those old applications you're not using anymore. Worst case, you can go download them again uh, in almost every case. Um, uh, if you've got plugins in your browser that you're not using, certainly things like Flash, Java, um, not JavaScript, but Java, they're different. Um, uh, you know, weird toolbars or, you know, extra search engines. Uh, I don't know. There's There's lots of fun little plugins people sometimes install and forget about. Go through and look at all your add-ons and plugins for your browsers and just remove anything you're not using anymore. Again, if for some reason you find out you actually do need it, it's really easy to put back. All right, we're almost done. But I want to spend the last few minutes to philosophize just a little bit more, if you'll bear with me, uh, on just some general things that we all need to be uh, doing and thinking about. Number one, stop oversharing. Don't you don't have to share everything. Just because somebody and just because somebody asks you for something doesn't mean you have to give it. Or if you do give it, doesn't mean you have to tell the truth. For example, how many different websites you've gone to where um, they force you to log in a, a, and make an account, even even if you uh, just want to post something for free, and they ask you all sorts of questions about yourself. Uh, if you look carefully, a lot of those uh, forms in the field are not required. Um, they usually put a little star next to the ones that are mandatory, uh, only fill out what's mandatory. And if necessary, uh, put in false or vague information. If they ask for your, your full name, many times you can just give them your first name. Um, if they ask for uh, a phone number, give them some generic phone number, 800-555-1212. Um, if they, you know, if they don't really need to call you, then you can just give them a junk number. Now, some of them do, some of them will actually do two, two factor authentication using that number. So in some cases you do need a valid mobile number, but just kind of pay attention to what those are. And if it's not mandatory, if that field is not mandatory, then you can give them some junk number. 
uh, it's your birthday. Uh, often the last of your birthday, if it's some kind of content that maybe is not for minors. And that could be, you know, alcohol or, you know, doesn't have to be porn, but it could be, there's lots of things that, that they're, that like games, for instance, that they need to know how old you are because they can't, you know, show you, you know, gory stuff or whatever. Uh, they want to know what your age is. So, uh, and most of those cases, just, just lie, just give them something that works, you know, give them January 1st, 1970 or whatever. Um, there's no reason you have to give them the real, the, the real information there. Um, so, you know, think about that too. So what, just because someone's asking for something doesn't mean you have to give them that information or it doesn't mean you have to give them the exact right information or the full information. So give as little as possible. Stop oversharing. Same thing on social media. Stop telling everybody, every single thing you're doing, every place you're going. If you, any of your little social apps have got a thing that automatically posts when you've gone to some public place, turn that off. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it's just not necessary. Um, dial that back prefer privacy, uh, stop oversharing. Um, the other thing, you know, opt out by default instead of opting in, uh, whenever you have the option to opt out, opt out, almost all these things are going to opt you in by default and make you share things unless you do. Otherwise the default is always going to be to provide more information and be more public than you probably want or should. So pay attention when you're giving the, when you're given those choices, uh, and opt out instead of going with the default. And finally, pay money. The web really is not free. So instead of paying with your privacy, pay with your money. Um, you know, find services that, that, that claim at least to protect your privacy and charge money for that, for that reason. Um, VPN services, you know, favor ones that are not the free ones are kind of, you know, I'd worry about the ones that are free. There are probably a couple good ones out there. Um, but you know, generally speaking, it's not always true, but generally speaking, if you're paying for a service, they're much more likely not to have to find, you know, find revenue some other way. And that usually means selling you out. Um, and this does lots of things. First of all, not only does it support these people that are trying to do the right thing and, and not make money off of your data, but it tells other people that aren't doing that, hey, these guys are willing to pay for that. Maybe I should, you know, at least give this as an option. If Google came out with a $100 a year option for me to use all their services and not track me, I would totally pay that. Um, but honestly, they're probably making a hell of a lot more on me than a hundred bucks a year uh, from what they know about me. Uh, so, you know, anyway, my point is we're going to have to put up or shut up. We're going to have to put our uh, money where our mouth is. So when you have the opportunity to actually go off of a free service um, that you know makes their money off of advertising and selling your information, which by the way, almost all of them do, you know, favor those other ones that are trying to do the right thing and giving you the option to pay money for their bill, for their bills, for their services, uh, so that they don't have to violate your privacy. All right. That is it. That is my soapbox speech on privacy to honor data privacy day. Um, and pay attention to what's going on with in Europe with the GDPR. Uh, that's a really, really big deal. Uh, I would love for us to adopt some version of that here in the United States and elsewhere around the planet. Uh, it's a good thing, and it's something we should be doing anyway. Um, so I'm glad to see that they're um, that Europe is taking a lead on this. I wish it were wish it were us, um, but maybe we can one up them. Maybe we can do it even better. Um, but the nice thing is, is because of that, because all these global companies are dealing with that, they're, we're still going to be getting some of the benefits anyway. So pay attention to the changes that are coming in the next six months or so with uh, all, all these products and services you use. 
uh, to comply with the European guidelines, they are probably going to have to start offering everybody uh, more options to protect their privacy. So that's that's a good thing. So when those pop up, take advantage of them. And uh, go through and re-listen to the podcast if you need to, or you can check out my blog entry on firewallsdontstopdragons.com, uh, where I walk through a lot of these same things and provide you the links. So check that out. Uh, go out there, learn, figure out what's really going on, figure out how your privacy is being abused, and uh, and then start you know taking control back and make your voice heard. All right? All right. So uh, stay tuned for my interview with uh, DuckDuckGo. That'll be coming up soon. And, uh, of course, I'll be back again next week. And until then, as always, don't get caught with your drawbridge down. Take care. Everybody.